Well, good Thursday morning, everybody. It is the 27th of January, and my title today is Pressing On or Passing Out. What is it that makes one athlete better than another? Three factors in my book. Their athletic ability and their desire to be the best and a great coach. Now, you can have great potential, but if being the best isn't driving you from the inside, coming from within you, and you are not doing the training that needs to be done, then fame for your accomplishments will not happen. You know, soon we'll be watching a lot of people that have done that very thing in the Winter Olympics. They're the best. Some of these women and men are household names because we have watched them show the world how great they are. They stand on the platform, hoping they are the one in the middle getting the gold medal. Michael Phelps has done that in the Olympics 23 times, gold medal. And the second person right behind him is Larissa Latania, I know I butchered that, she has nine. Phelps, 23, Larissa, nine. However, there are plenty of others we know who have excelled in their field, whether it be sports or music or painting or making statues, having knowledge in specific fields, and even some Christians who have done historic things, or who has been the greatest servant. Because the rules change when we get to heaven. Who gets the gold in heaven? Well, those who have served the Lord in their lifetime by serving others here on earth. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Now, yesterday, we looked at the Apostle Paul putting on display his trophies. There were seven achievements uh, that he shares. However, there was no display case in his home. Used to be, but he got rid of all the trophies when he realized that they were about as valuable as a pile of manure. They were tossed out on trash day. And he spent the rest of his life serving Jesus and helping to establish groups of Christians called churches. And boy, talk about a thankless job. Scholars estimate that he planted 14 churches, and then many of those churches multiplied and started other churches. Uh, there was no fame in doing so from beatings he received multiple times. Rarely was he put up in the Hilton. Instead, he was chained up in the prison after being beaten up and one time even stoned to death outside of Lystra. And when God resuscitated him, he gets up, walks back into Lystra, the town he was stoned in, and continued to help the Christians there. I bet those people who stoned him were pretty surprised. But let's look at 
Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Quote, Not that I have already obtained this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? Forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead. He was putting all his effort into it. And do you think it was easy for him? Well, absolutely not. In fact, Paul's life sucked. And here's what he said about his life to the church in Corinth. He says, quote, Been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea, having been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Wow. Imagine what life was like for Paul. But he forgot what lies behind and he pressed on. Severely pressed on to accomplish what God had for him. So I say, Paul wins the gold medal for sure. If it is the gold medal for suffering for being a Christian, I don't think Paul was some maniacal crazy person so zealous that people kind of thought of him as a nut. We can know that by the incredible letters he writes to his churches. He was brilliant, but beaten, unstoppable, but unwelcome. And pardon me for saying this, but he faced a life of shit almost every day. And what did he do? How did he respond to his adversities? Did they deter him from his calling? No. He did this, forgetting whatever was behind him and straining toward the next trip to the local jail. He pressed on, straining forward to whatever God had for him that day. Notice this important point. He was forgetting what was behind him. Undeterred from what God 
was sending him to do. Knowing that all his sins were forgiven and his only goal in life was to serve his Savior, he laid down his life for his Lord, but instead forgetting what lies behind and straining. I love that word. Straining. Like a guy trying to lift too much weights. And he was straining forward to whatever God had for him next. At one point, God even allowed a demon to torment Paul to keep him humble after he had gotten a glimpse of heaven. So how do we do that? How do we forget what lies behind and strain for what's ahead? Well, listen, before we get to the how, we need to examine the why. Why should we be forgetting what lies behind and pressing on to do God's will for our lives? Well, there's several whys. One, because you need to do it for yourself. You have lived long enough in the shame and isolation of your sexual brokenness. You felt pity and self-loathing. And it has strained all your relationships to the breaking point. The wages of sin is death, my friend, and your addiction to porn and sex has been killing you. And it affects almost every area of your life. So why? Because I need to. It's a cancer that does not seem to stop growing because you keep feeding it. Compare yourself to where you were a few years ago. Have you gone deeper into the darkness? Are you doing things that a while ago you never thought you would ever do? Porn and sex always will want more, more frequency and more variety until your life is ruined. So the first why why do I need to do this? You need to do it for yourself. Listen, I know if you're married, you would probably say you need to do it for your wife. Well, she's next in line. Sorry about that. But you need to work on yourself first before she will want to repair the damage to the marriage. She needs to see you change so that she'll know that you are really working on your recovery. If you don't show her that, working with her on her issues isn't going to happen. But when she sees you working on it, when she sees you being in an online support team, when she sees you working through a recovery program like 180, then she might be able to begin to forgive what your sexual sin has done to her. And if she begins to see you change, then there will be a little hope. If she doesn't see it, then plan on going to divorce court and being separated from your children. Unless you begin your recovery, why not start it today? So the very first thing you need to do is work on yourself. You need to get help and begin the process that every man can take. Tomorrow we'll finish with a couple more whys you should do this, and then I'm going to move on with you to the how do I do this.
This is John Doyle with 180 Podcast. God bless you, my friends. Long for purity and ask the Holy Spirit to help you put to death the deeds of the flesh. This is John Doyle with 180 Podcast. God bless you, my friends. I hope you have a great day in the Lord. And we'll talk again tomorrow. Take care and goodbye.